Good morning, Fearless Crew. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waits, the Fearless Business Coach. And to some of my friends, I'm known as the Pricing Guy. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most commonly asked questions that I get, which is, should I put my prices on my website? You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. As I mentioned, one of the most commonly asked questions I get asked is, should I put my prices on my website? And I'm going to get splinters at this point because the real answer is, well, yes and no, you guessed it. So uh, there's, there's a number of different reasons why you should and shouldn't put your prices on your website. But I'm going to give you, I, I'm just going to dive straight in and actually give some examples um, of, as to how putting prices on your website can in, influence conversions. So there's a common misconception here that if I put prices on my website, it's going to qualify out anyone who is price sensitive to my products or services. And that's kind of true, but not entirely. And here's the reason why. So I work with a number of clients across mostly service-based businesses. And we're talking here anything from coaches, consultants, and freelancers. But I also um, work with dog trainers. I work with accounting practices. And some of my clients are uh, work in the beauty sector, so they run medical aesthetics businesses. And I had one specific client who was adamant that they should put all of their prices on their website. And they were also um, giving their prices away in Messenger and in WhatsApp when people reached out to contact them. And they were kind of doing it really, really, really early on. But the reason they came to me is, we need more clients. We need to collect as many clients as we possibly can do because we're not, we're not earning enough. We're not earning enough to cover the cost of our salon and this, that, and the other, our clinic. And I was like, well, let's just explore this a little bit because it looks to me as if you're generating quite a lot of inquiries. Um, but what's wrong is your conversion rate is super low. Uh, and then, then again, they were absolutely adamant that their conversion rate was in fact really high. Uh, big, and their, their reason, the rationale behind that was, well, if we can get somebody into the clinic and we can speak to them, then um, we, you know, we have like an 80 or 90% conversion rate. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, fair enough, if you can get them into the salon, but you're not looking at the conversion rate between, you know, cold leads and inquiries coming in versus the amount that's actually turning into new business. And that was spectacularly low from from inquiry through to new business, it was like four or 5%. It was, you know, tiny, tiny number compared to where they should be. I mean, ideally, really, a service based business like that, or any service based business for that matter should be converting somewhere between one in one in three, one in five. So let's call it twenty to 50, 20 to forty percent. I should say um, is a good solid conversion rate for a service based business. So if you're down in like five, ten percent, you know that's that's really not not good enough. But the great news is that if your conversion rate from inquiry to to new business to paying client is that low, it gives you a really great opportunity to obviously um, dial the needle a little bit and increase that number. Get I get more conversions through. When we started to look into it, though, um, and I, I was just like, well, t- let me, show me show me the customer journey. How does this work then? Like, well, sometimes people, most people find us through Facebook. And what they generally tend to do is they'll drop us a message and say, how much does Botox cost? 
And and that's and I was like, what is that it? And 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 what you given me the prices like there and then? Like, yeah, absolutely. Because what we don't want is we don't want cheapskates, tire kickers, and time wasters. So what we do is we qualify them out. If they don't like the price, they can fuck off, and that's it, job done. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold your horses here. I said that's part of the issue because what's missing there is a piece of education in order to help those people who are inquiring understand why you are one of the best clinics in the area and why they should come and buy with you. If that's not communicated, either in your marketing or during that sales, you know, that messaging sequence, um, or even as part of your sales process, of course, they're not going to buy from you. They're not going to see the value, the great, you know, the amazing value in what you do. Well, everybody asks the prices. We don't want to lie about it or hide them. So we don't want to put our prices on our website. You know, sorry, we don't want to hide our prices from our website. And we certainly don't want to hide them if somebody asks them. I was like, well, not hiding them from people. We're just going to slow that process down a little bit and introduce a a conversation and a little bit of education so that hopefully um, we build trust. And so that you're not basically competing on price against some of those backstreet clinics you've been telling me about that are, you know, giving people a really terrible service and, you know, leaving them with loads of reactions. So I did eventually manage to persuade them to measure 30 days of doing it their way. And we made some improvements in the customer journey and then uh, during that process. And then also we spent 30 days doing it my way. And my way was all about getting them into the clinic. And our policy is we don't give prices out until we've done a skin consultation. And the client can see the clinics. They understand that it's like a really high-end clinic, really nice and clean, run by professionals, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally, once we've qualified the client, then that's the point when we will give them the prices. And they, they, they there was a, quite a number of battles that they were you know, adamant again that, oh, well, if we do all of that, it's going to take so long. And, you know, all, you know, how much is that going to cost us? We just want to, we need to get the business in, we need to collect cash. And I was like, yeah, but in the long run, you're going to build much better relationships with those clients. They're going to want to come back time and time again. Again, you're thinking like really short term here. You're thinking, all you're thinking about is that first sale and nothing more. And actually, if you get a good quality um, you know, beauty client in who comes back three or four or five or six times a year, you know, that's thousands of pounds worth of business, or in some cases, even tens of thousands of pounds worth of business. Why wouldn't you take the time to educate them, give them a free skin consultation, qualify them properly and make sure they're a good fit, and then finally have the pricing conversation? And lo and behold, my way produced a 40% increase in conversion rates in the first 30 days alone. So that significantly increased the amount of revenue that they were making in their business. And yes, it took a little bit longer. Typically with any pricing decision which you make in your business and even putting your prices on your website or giving them away a messenger, that is a pricing decision. Any pricing decision you make in your business where it affects the top line or the bottom line, there is a lag. And the lag is typically about 30 to 45 days whilst the money kind of works its way way through to the next profit and loss account, which you run up at the end of the month. And so on the balance of like, you know, probability, if you listen to that, you'd probably be like, oh, well, we shouldn't put our prices on our website. Well, again, not necessarily. I think if if your prices are up there and people are making decisions about, um, you know, just purely based on price, I think that's a mistake. I really would urge you to reconsider that about giving your prices away too soon. 
And yeah, things like, you know, medical aesthetics and beauty businesses, highly competitive. And generally speaking, there's a lot of competition in the local area. And yes, there is some some clients you do want to qualify out earlier on. But how about we do it a slightly different way? How about actually we have a very, I call it either an attraction offer or an unrefusable offer. How about you actually have something which you present to the client, but present it alongside the prices, but something which is an absolute no-brainer? Because why wouldn't somebody want to book a free skin consultation? Even if they could see the price of the Botox is more expensive than, you know, the clinic down the road. But at the very least, you've got an opportunity to speak to them, educate them, qualify them and have that conversation about why your prices are set the way that they are. It's much more powerful to do it that way. Um, to, to, to use the unrefusable offer alongside your price list, because then people can see that you're actually genuinely trying to deliver value rather than it's all being about the sale. Because if you think about it, if you're just qualifying people out based on price, it is only about the sale. It is only about taking people's money. Think about that for a second, right? If you put your prices on your website and you're qualifying people out, it is just about taking their money. It is not about getting good quality clients and delivering a good quality service to those clients, okay? Just think about that for a second. Um, I was brought up in business with the, the simple thought process of being like the client is at the center of the business. If it's all about me making money and paying for my mortgage and putting food on my table, the client is no longer the most important person in that business. They're not going to get the best possible service or value from me if that is the case, okay? So introduce an extra step to qualify prospects. Introduce an unrefusable offer, a free consultation of some sort. I give away free copies of Take Your Shot, Take Your Shot for example, to anybody and everybody who would, you know, who <laughs> comes within five meters of me and is interested in it. If you want a copy of Take Your Shot, for example, you can go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS and request your own signed copy of the paperback, which I'll post to anywhere in the world um, uh, within reason, of course. Um, <laughs> a slight hashtag, yes, uh, not to South Africa. I know my friend David, I, I always give him grief for this because um he's based down in south africa and pretty much everything i've ever tried to send to him has either been returned or stolen uh except for the, no that's a lie there, there was a few t-shirts which i sent down to him branded t-shirts with the fearless logo on it um because he was doing some calls um for me those did make it down but that's because i sent it with an armed guard uh on a private jet um, myself personally so uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. I sent it, I think, via FedEx or UPS or something like that. But it did make it through. But anyway, you get the picture. I'm rambling now. Sorry. So back on point. So yes, so make sure you've got some kind of an offer available for people to experience. And that's the key word I want you to remember. Experience your product, your service. Come and meet you. Come and see what you like. See if it's a good fit. See if you could work together. And that is the point you then have that pricing conversation. The theory behind this, if, you, if, if you're interested and you want to know more, um, there's a fantastic book, which I've talked about on previous episodes, called Breakthrough Advertising uh, by a guy called Eugene Swartz. Um, now, you can't go onto Amazon and buy Breakthrough Advertising. It's um, a friend of mine, Brian Kurtz, actually sells the book through his business, Titans Marketing. But you can go to BreakthroughAdvertisingBook.com and grab a copy. It's expensive in book terms, but by heck, it is one of the best investments I've, met, uh, I've made ever in a book. You landed to the UK, I think it works out to be about $155 or something like that. Like I said, expensive for a book, but I've made my money back like 
10,000 fold on, on the investment in their book through what I've learned about advertising and marketing. But in that book, uh, Eugene Schwartz talks about the five stages of market sophistication. And what he means by that is um, how, how far along the train is somebody uh, in terms of like, so what's their level of sophistication around understanding your product or service to a point whereby they're ready to buy. And he says there's five different stages. Um, and these are quite well-known stages. This isn't, there's no marketing like, you know, secrets here necessarily as such. These are quite well known. But stage one is where a, um, a prospect is problem unaware. So they're walking around a problem. They've got no idea that it exists. And so if you try to sell to them, they're like, what? I don't need that. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, the guys on the beach who come up to you and they want to sell you sunglasses, but you've got a set of sunglasses sat on your head or in your bag or something like that. You don't need sunglasses. It's not a problem for you. Why, why would, you know, why would you even need sunglasses, Right. Um, until you realize that actually your sunglasses are either lost or stolen. And then you move into stage two of market sophistication, which is whereby now you're problem aware, but you're solution unaware. So you might have lost your sunglasses. You're thinking, oh, crap, I need, need to go and get some sunglasses from somewhere. And then the guy shows up with his coat full of sunglasses, probably working with a mate of his who's going around stealing loads of sunglasses. I don't know. Uh, that's a, That could be a thing. That could be mental. Uh, so anyway, so now we're solution uh, un uh, unaware, we don't know what the solution is. So we need to know we might need to go to a shop or wait for the guy to come and sell us those sunglasses. This is a terrible analogy. I don't know why I chose this as an analogy. Hey, it's fun. Uh, so, so we start to then move into stage three, which is solution aware. We're starting to understand like where we can go to buy our sunglasses from and whether we need prescription sunglasses or normal ones, whether we need, uh, to go and find, so if we like to wear Gucci sunglasses, for example, is there a shop nearby that sells Gucci sunglasses? So we've gone stage one, problem unaware. Stage two is now problem aware, but solution unaware. Stage three is where we become solution aware. What are our options to, to overcome this problem? Stage four is where it starts to get interesting. So this is what I call brand awareness. This is where um, you've somebody, you know, you've now narrowed your solutions down to maybe two or three different and specific solutions that could potentially work for you. So think about if you're buying a car, for example, uh, a new car, you'd be kind of shopping around and you've probably got an idea about maybe a VW or an Audi or a, a Jeep, for example. So you've narrowed it down to like three brands and maybe within those, you're starting to kind of think about, what well, do I need a crossover or do I need a little um, electric like uh, smart car or do I need a, you know, so you, you kind of know roughly what you want. You're getting into that sort of what I call brand awareness. You've narrowed things right down before you then move into stage five, which is where you've picked out a specific VW Passat two liter TDI blue motion, or you've picked out uh, um, the new Audi e-tron, whatever it is, version equivalent of that, that you think, well, oh, I might make a decision about going into electric. And at that point, you're what we call product and price aware. So you've kind of gone through that entire process of education. You've, you're now market, you know, your market sophistication is now drastically increased. And then you can finally make a decision. And at the very end of that, at the end, very end of that, imagine it's a, a sequence, a timeline going across from stages one to five. The very end of that comes the pricing conversation. Once you know that that person is fully educated in everything that you do, and they know what results they're going to get, they know, they understand how you work. Um, they understand what your step-by-step -step process is to deliver the results which you want to, which you promise them. And then finally, you then talk about price. And if you can get somebody through those five stages of market sophistication, more often than not, they are going to buy from you, okay? Because in their eyes, you are now the only solution for them, okay? 
So this is why it's hyper, hyper, hyper important to avoid giving out prices too soon in that sequence of events to unsophisticated buyers because they just don't get what you do. They're going to go elsewhere, likely have a poor experience. And actually, think about it this way, that could reflect badly on you. Because if they go somewhere else, because you've not given them, you know, you've not educated them, not helped them to become a more sophisticated buyer, and they end up going somewhere else, that kind of makes you look bad. Okay, so just bear that in mind. Don't be fooled into giving away prices too soon. And again, like there are people have fears around when, when and how they give prices out. So a common thing which happens with clients that we work with is that they are writing lots of proposals. So they're selling proposals, not calls. What I mean by that is that they they kind of hang their hat on the fact that they're doing X number of proposals every week or every month, and they've got 40 grand's worth of, you know, I don't know, say, worth of work outstanding um, on, on proposals, but they you know, but ultimately they're they're never going to close, you know, either much or any of that work because it's sat in a proposal. Because when people ask for a proposal on a sales call, what are they really saying? Is it's a polite no, thank you, but send me a proposal anyway, and we'll consider it, and then they never come back to you. So you've got to get into the habit of also picking the right moment to give somebody the price. Okay. So if it's not in Messenger, if it's not on your website, but it's also not in proposals, well, there's obviously something which happens in between that. And typically that is a consultation or a sales call, depending on which way you want to look at it. And the idea behind that is then that you have that conversation, you do the fact finding the feel find, you understand your client, you see how educated and how sophisticated they are as a buyer. They then will say at the end of it, so how much is it? You give them the price, then deal with their objections there, then ask the question, what's stopping you from buying this today? And they may say, well, we need to have a proposal. And I'd say, if somebody asked me for a proposal, I'd be like, yep, that's absolutely fine. But can we book in a call in three days time to go through that proposal? Because you're likely to have questions from it. So getting the timing right with when you introduce the pricing conversation is massively important. And don't hide in proposals either. So don't give it away too soon. But also don't hide in a proposal and give it away too late. Because at that point, you lose leadership and you lose the deal anyway. Okay. So hopefully that's been helpful, folks. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please do go and leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps people to find it um, out there in the ether and get us into the top charts and the marketing and the small business and entrepreneurship categories on iTunes means that we get more subscribers and listeners. So massive appreciate you if you did that. And don't forget to go and snag your free signed copy of Take Your Shot, fearless.biz forward slash T-Y-S. Mm-hmm.